this call. Welcome to Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, author of Love Addiction, a book of love poems. With me are my co-hosts, Terry Saleh and Leslie Lee. We seem to be having some technical difficulties. Terry, are you there? I am here, Tracy. How are you? Good evening, everyone. Let's talk about love matters tonight. I'm good. And my other co-host, Leslie Lee. Hey, everyone. Let's talk about love. I'm here to bring that black girl magic. Did you ladies have a good week last week? Last week was good. Yeah, getting in the holiday spirit. Um, I had one holiday party last week. I have another one coming up this Wednesday and then another one next Monday. So, yeah, party every week. All right. That's the deal. That's the deal. We had one. I'm here in North Carolina. I've been here for a week. I am a little homesick and frozen because it's cold compared to Florida. But we they had a, a Christmas party last Friday. And it was nice. It was a casino theme, and, you know, they gave out Merck money, and we played in the casino, and they had wine and beer and really good food. So it was a good week. It was a good week. Yeah, my week was pretty good. What would you say, Liz? I said my week is pretty good. I haven't been to any holiday parties thus far, but they all kick off um, this week coming up. And... um, we're our office parties this week. Oh, matter of fact, I changed my. I, I take that back. We did have the campus wide party last week, which was fun, and people were dancing and singing, and they did a talent show. And no, I was not getting up there to to display any of my talent. Sometimes <laughs> I keep my my hidden talent to myself. But other than that, it was it was good. As busy as always. That's good. You know, last week, you know, we talked about uh, mean girl syndrome and uh, bad relationships, dating someone who's married. You know, and I got an email this week um, from a woman. It was an anonymous person. And she told me that she felt like we were talking directly to her, which made me feel good because people are listening. You know, she felt like she needed to make some corrections and check herself because she was, you know, had a relationship with a girl, a friendship. And she was being very mean and stopped talking to her. And she decided to extend an olive branch and, you know, rekindle the friendship because what they were arguing over was trivial. It hadn't. It was, you know, no big deal. And um, she also mentioned that she had decided that week that she would never have that kind of relationship again for two reasons. One, because of self-respect, and the other, for the sisterhood. Which, you know, that made me feel good also because that's what we're trying to do, promote love and unity. So if we reach one person, then my mission is accomplished. So that made me feel really good last week. That was a good a good part of last week. This week, I, I still go back on the fact that, you know, it sounds good and the happy ending is that she came away with this feeling of I'll never do that again. But I still go back on the idea that 
when people are in these relationships, in these wrong relationships, once they've mm-hmm. gotten to a place where they've justified it, they might not necessarily feel as bad as we feel that they're in a committed relationship with a married person. They've justified it. So it's not a matter of converting somebody into thinking that this is the wrong relationship. People come to that realization all on their own, or they may never come to that realization if they've justified that what they're doing is right. I don't feel so much that I converted her. I feel like something that she heard in our conversation made her rethink. That That's, you know, whether she'll do it again, God only knows. You know, but her email led to that, that, you know, thanks, ladies, for talking to me about stuff like that. So I, I was pretty happy. I was pretty hmm. happy. But it's true. People do justify. They do justify what they do with how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe she just way. won't do it again. You know, it's easy to justify when you're in it, but maybe she'll think twice about doing it again. Yeah, yeah. So this week we wanted to talk about those sticky situations. You know, we this the show is called Love Talk for Everyday People, and we kind of want to talk about things that everyday people don't talk about but are faced with every once in a while. So we have a few sticky situations that we don't know how people would react. So we'll listen to uh, what our reactions are and see how that works out. So the first one is, um, Terry, why don't you go? Why don't you go? Um. You know, I, I had a couple of sticky situations, but one that I kind of heard about recently was there was a guy that, um, you know, he was dating this young lady, and I guess after they had, you know, been intimate um, for the first time, he realized that she wore weave and she had something else that was not her natural body, whether it was fake eyelashes or butt implants or something. It was not her natural body. And, you know, he was kind of turned off and he was wondering, okay, what do you do in that situation? What happens, Leslie or Tracy, if you find out that the guy you're dating um, has hair plugs or has a, a, a man weave and he's really bald? You know, he was trying to figure out, okay, I'm totally turned off and I, I want to end this relationship. And how do I do that graciously without hurting her feelings? But I definitely know I don't want to continue the relationship. You know, so how do you do, what do you do? How do you do that graciously? Hmm. I don't think gracious exists in that same sentence because (laughs) (laughs) you were attracted to this person initially not knowing Mm -hmm. the fakeness. And the idea that you realize that, I mean, I don't know how that works because of the fact that some women wear fake hair because it's a protective style and they don't want to damage their their hair. And then some Mm -hmm. women wear fake hair because they're really follically challenged. And when you are follically challenged, I'd rather see a wig on your hair, head, if you decide not to go completely bald, then to see sparse hair and hard-to-handle hairstyles, I'd rather you wear that wig where we, where you feel comfortable. I'm okay with it, but I don't know what it's going to look like when the lights are off and behind, not lights are off, behind closed doors, but out in public, I would rather see a more polished look 
than something different. Me wouldn't pro- wouldn't be a problem for me because I love a bald headed man. I've always loved the bald headed man since I was a little girl. Ever but since I saw the Harlem Globe ever since I saw the Harlem Globe Triders when I was a little girl, that's me all day long. Bald head, curly hair. Thank you. Shout out. But so yeah, as I, a man, if, if you had to advise, advise this man on how to graciously, you know, because, you know, a lot of women are not follically challenged, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s, you have a full head of hair. You may just choose to wear weaves for, you know, just some other reasons, and he just doesn't like that. And I can't remember what the other issue was, but there was two issues that he was just totally turned off. And so how, do you, how does he just graciously exit this relationship? What would you say? I think that's shallow to come to to want to end a relationship because of a wig. I really do. Well, what if it's just his preference? You you you've always liked you know natural hair or whatever, and it's just a preference. I'm not sure. We all have preferences, and we find out that they don't have something that was something that really attracts us to the person. It was, you know, that person was a person that kind of put on a facade and it's not real. I, I don't know. I don't know how to tell them, but for me, like Leslie said, I would care less. But if I guess if I had to say it, you'd have to say it with some kind of, I don't know how to soften that up, Terry. I, I just, <laughs> how do you soften that up? How do you say, you know, you're nice and all, but I don't like the fact that, you wear weaves and don't wear weaves, and and now that mm-hmm. she takes the weave out, it's it's a it's a hot mess. So I'm not talking about the girl who who chooses to wear the weave just for style. I'm talking about the girl that takes the weave off and her hair's a hot mess and she's follically challenged. Mm-hmm. You know because mm-hmm. that that's the one I'm talking about. I don't know how do you say that if the girl is follically challenged? You know it's a good thing that weaves are around and and why are you that shallow that you can't deal with it? But if it's your preference then you know, you have to yeah, be I, straight with that. Just be straight. Yeah, I think there are certain things that turn people on and turn people off. And, you know, um, long-term relationships are about chemistry and attraction. And if you're just not attracted to that person for whatever reason, once you find out who they really are, if the attraction is gone, you, you don't, the relationship may not work. Yeah, it may be shallow, but it's just not going to work. So why stay in a relationship where you're not? really attracted physically to that person any longer. So what do you say? Hey, you know what? That's like what we said a couple of weeks ago, Terry. You had alluded to the fact that when we're first dating, we send our representative. So you Mm -hmm. fell in love with my representative. You like my representative. So Mm -hmm. now you realize that you do, do you really like me? If you like me, then you will like me when I take this weave off and I and, and and I'm just me. Hopefully, you will still. If you love me, that wouldn't be the thing that would make you stop liking or loving me. That to me, I think that was so shallow. And for the person that's in that situation that is receiving that feedback or that criticism, that's a a a, a, a that's a green light for you to realize. This is the person you're dealing with. You're dealing with somebody that because of something as simple as an appearance, 
you're willing to break it off. Not my personality, not the fact mm-hmm. that I'm a mean person or um, you know, something about my spirit that's ugly. You're talking about something physical, something physical that I make a point to try to improve because there's something about me that I want to change or what I want to present to the world. I mean, I see that, like, if you watch all these shows, like Love and Hip Hop and, and the Atlanta Housewives, like, if I'm not mistaken, I and I and I don't follow them closely, but I think, um, what's her name down in Atlanta? Candy. Candy Burris has a head full of beautiful hair. But she chooses to wear a weave because, number one, it's a, pre- a protective style, and, number two, she just likes the glamour of having all the extra added hair. But her man doesn't right. like that one bit. He doesn't like it. He likes to see her natural hair or the hair that grows out of her head. So I'm sure she tries to balance that out. I don't know. I mean, to me, I think yeah, I mean, it, it could person, just be. It could mm-hmm. just be. Um, there is no gracious way to say it. I know men are very visual. Women mm-hmm. can probably get over those things. Like, well, I think all of us agree that if we found out the guy had a man weave. And then, so, you know, when we meet him, he has a, a man weave, and then we find out later on that he's really bald. Um, mm-hmm. He could have some issues as well that make him feel like he has to cover up his bald head. It may not be an issue for us, but I think men are more visual, and if they are not physically, um, visually mm-hmm. stimulated, you know, they they might look elsewhere. So do, I'd say do be you want to know? Be straight up because, again, my representative is who you fell in love with and somewhere down the line it's going to come up because inside that's that's one aspect of the relationship that's not making him happy. Shallow as it may be for my liking, but that's one aspect that's not making him happy. And it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Mm -hmm. It's going to come back. So be straight up. And then you can decide, you know, if you're all going to try to make this work or not. But if it's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker. You have to know what you want and what you're going to put up with. And if that's something that you can't put up with, a follically challenged woman, then you got to be straight up and let her know. And if it's a deal breaker, shame on him. Shame on him (laughs) when she goes out in public and she puts her best foot forward and you accepted that foot. And then all of a sudden behind closed doors, she felt confident enough to share with you who she really is and you couldn't handle it. Shame on you, you shallow person, you. And he doesn't deserve her, okay? I can agree with That's that. That's true. I can definitely. That's true. Now flip that, Leslie. Flip this, okay? Now you're dating mm-hmm. this guy, and you've only known him as bald. Only known him as mm-hmm. bald. And then on your, I don't know, your eighth, ninth, maybe your tenth date, everything is wonderful, and he comes to pick you up, and he's got a head full of hair. How do you feel Mm-mm, about that? Take that off. Take that <laughs> stupid thing off of your head. I met you when you was all. I loved you and I accepted you. Take that thing off. What is that? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That sounds like a double standard to me. It is. It is. It is, it is a double standard. No, wait a minute. You said that he came to me bald. I accepted him bald. Yeah, but he felt like he needed a change. My man needed a change. And he was like, let me go in here and get some little plugs put in here and get this little hair flipping around. No, wait a minute. It's definitely a double standard because I'm seeing things on, like, Facebook and other kinds of social media where men are doing that. They're doing the hair weave and the manscaping and the fake beards. Uh Uh-uh. 
take that off. I so like you're that saying man. you're okay with the double? You are admitting to you have a double standard. I'm admitting to I checked <laughs> you when you was bald. Don't come to me with what is that on your head? What is that, Leslie? Just like you <laughs> said, a first people should be allowed to you know change things up if they feel more comfortable doing it that way. If he if he feels more comfortable with hair on his head or she feels more comfortable with hair on her head, because that they consider that putting their best foot forward. So you you have a problem with the man doing it. I do. Because I think <laughs> it's that double standard. Like I'm okay with a man that is like like I said, I've loved a bald headed man all my life. When you start to cover up that bald and I know you're bald up under there. <laughs> if I met you if I You wanna know you, what is going on, right? <laughs> Something else is happening here. So okay, so Leslie, you. so that's not yes. shallow to you? Um I guess it would be shallow, but I'm just saying, if I met you bald and I appreciated that, why do you feel okay, the need? Like, I mean, what's going just, on with just, you? It's just the visual. Again, it's just the visual. So you're, and you're how okay close when, to... when they switch things up. You're okay when they switch, if you find out that the thing has been switched up on the woman's side, but you're not okay if a man switches things up. Well, see, I think that what happens with women, with the difference mm-hmm. is, is that mm-hmm. women are coming out the gate like that. Most women, especially if you're follically challenged, are coming out with the fake hair, the weave, or whatever, because they know what's appealing to them but and what looks good to them. But sometimes not challenged. Some people just want right. to change. Well, even if All it's right, a change, so but what I'm saying is... You- Listening to you, Les, I have a feeling that if you're a bald man, you knew he was bald, or he came to you without being bald, and then you suddenly found out that he was bald, you would want him to not put that thing back on his head ever again. I mean, look at Steve Harvey. When he started mm-hmm. to lose his hair, he started wearing this, this, this toupee, and it, and it looked good if you didn't know that he was already bald or was balding, but I knew that from Way back when, when he was doing Showtime at the Apollo, that dude was going bald back then. Then all of a sudden, he came with this luxurious head full of hair. I'm like, oh, okay, that, he's faking. Look at him. I know he was going bald. You don't just start growing so hair back so in like that. that. Situation, so in that situation, you, you were okay. You would be okay dating him because you knew he was bald before. You knew now that he was wearing a toupee. It looked good. So would you be okay dating him? Me, because I love a bald-headed man, I would be encouraging him on a regular basis, like, babe, cut your hair. It's easier for a man to go bald because that's more socially acceptable. Unfortunately, it's acceptable. We expect a man, as they get older, things change, and we expect to see that his hair is going to change. It's a double standard, and I agree. When it comes to a woman, as we get older – as things change, as hormones change, people don't accept the idea that we're going through that change, our hair's going through that change. They'll never never accept it from a woman, but it's more accepting of a man. So it is that okay. double standing. I, 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 I am okay with a man that's going bald because it's almost Tracy, how do you to be feel? expected. I, Tracy, how do you feel? 
I'm going to tell you straight up. If you come to me with hair and then I find out that you're bald, I don't have any issues. Okay, baby, you're bald. I'm good. If you come to me bald and then 10 weeks later you got this toupee of your hair, I'm going to want to know, well, why all of a sudden do you need hair? I thought you were over this. I'm going bald. Because it is some some men, it is an issue. You know, they struggle with it and they want to hold mm-hmm. on for a little while. Mm-hmm. But if you've been bald and all of a sudden now you have this hair on your head, I don't think I'm going to be very accepting. I'm going to think that there's something else at the root cause of wanting to have this hair to fling around or whatever you're doing with it. I, I, I'm double, it's a double standard. I don't mm-hmm. want you to come back to me with hair after I've already seen you bald. <laughs> and most yeah, women, like I said, if they... Very interesting. Most because, women, you know, we're forgetting, bald, the whole, we're forgetting mm-hmm. the whole young set of women. Like most of the women in their 20s wear weaves. One day they're natural, the next day they have a weave, the next day it's straight, the next day it's an afro. They change their hair up a lot. It's probably right. coming that men are going to start to be the same way, where you're going to have men one day they're ball, next week they rock in a crazy fro, and next week they may have dreads. <laughs> Leslie, you're like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, I just think it's weird, and I haven't grown to accept that. I get it that a man is entitled to try to come out the best way he can and, and improve his look. I just, I think of my husband, and I think about his bald head. When he was in his 20s, he started balding, and he made the decision back in his 20s, I'm shaving it all off, and I have never seen him with hair again. If he decided now that he wanted to start growing hair, I'm, 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 I'm questioning that. Like, what? In the I'm stuttering, Sarah. You heard us? You had a stuttering? <laughs> I'm questioning that. What in the entire hell is going on here? <laughs> what are you, like some kind of chia pet? What is All this? right, Terry, what about you, Terry? What about you? How, how would you feel if your husband, you know, went bald and he decided to mm-hmm. own his baldness and then, I don't know, three, four months later, he comes home with a head full of hair? <laughs> well, what, what, I guess. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm stuttering too. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I think I would need to, if he let me in on the process, if he was like, okay, you know, I'm thinking about getting, you know, hair plugs and it's going to be a process and it's going to look gradual. It's, it's going to look gradually as though I gradually grew my own hair. Mm-hmm. I think I can rock that. I think I could be like, oh, okay. You can manage that a little bit better. Yeah, okay. we're going to fake everybody else together. Okay. Ooh, right. But, Jesse, didn't you know somebody that did hair plugs without mentioning any names? I did, and it was crazy. Okay, hair plugs <laughs> is not pretty. It's not cute. It was crazy. He had blood dripping down his neck all over oh. the collar of his shirt. It was not attractive. Oh. It wasn't pretty. And he had money. He paid good money for it. I mean, today I'm probably sure that they have a better way of doing it, but it was not pretty. Not pretty. See, that's what I thought about you telling me those stories years ago yeah. with the person that you knew that was that was getting yeah. the hair plugs. It's like that's yeah. weird. That's strange. Was, well, yeah. I, I do realize we do have a double standard, though. We really do. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a big double standard. It's a, we do. Because we the do. thing is, is that 
we as women, and we know this because we're going through those stages and those processes now as we get older, our hormones change and testosterone levels are up and down and all over the place. You keep mentioning that, major... Leslie. You keep forgetting the 20-year-olds. They have a full head of hair at 20, Leslie. And some full people do it. Some people don't. Terry, some people don't. Some people damage their I know, hair but from perming. Most, and some people damage their hair your, from your hair at 20 and think about your hair now. You had a much, I have more hair now than I did at yes. 20. Okay. Yeah, we were hair challenged. Terry, Terry, we were hair challenged, okay? So I okay. kind of wish no, that okay. weaves and extensions <laughs> were, were better a back lot then. I think my sister lost her extensions, but that's my hair. But they, I have a lot more hair now than I did when I was 20. Because that perming, I realized that perming wasn't the best look for me or the best hairstyle for me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So at 20, right, let's it depends another, on let's who look you are. Let's look at another sticky situation. Okay. Um you find out that whoever you're dating, their mother is mean as all get out. She's rude, out of control, and makes you extremely uncomfortable. So how do you address this? And obviously the person who you're dating, them and their mother have this tight bond and they love the ground she walks on. And he's oblivious to her actions because she's always doing things when he's not around. So how do you address that? How do you, how do you bring that up to him without hurting his feelings about his nasty mama or her nasty mama? I guess I first need to know, is this personal? Is she like this to everybody or is it that she just doesn't like me? So that would be the first situation. And I don't know how you find that out, but I'll, all I know is in this scenario, is she's just mean. And I can't figure out quite yet whether it's personal, she just doesn't like me, or she's mm-hmm. just like that with everybody. So I need to talk to him and say, you know what, um, your mom, I, me and her, we just haven't been seeing eye to eye. She's always making, you know, smart remarks. You know, has she said something to you about me that she doesn't like me? Is it something that I'm, you know, giving off to her that is not jiving with her? Mm-hmm. I would need him to find out. And then I would say, you know, is it possible for you to say something to your mother about the situation? You know, she seems like, you know, a very nice person, but when we get in social situations, she's just, you know, unbearable. I, I would have to talk to him first. I don't think I would confront the mother directly. I think I would confront her. If she was feeling very comfortable pulling me to the side and always trying to attack me when nobody, when he's not around, I would ask mm-hmm. her, I was like, why are you being so mean? Did I do something to you? I, but I would try to do it in, you know, in the sweetest, kindest voice possible. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, Tracy. I would. I said try, Terry. I said try. <laughs> I think it depends on what stage in my life I'm in. When I was younger, I probably would have never confronted her, and I would True. give True. my significant other. The blues, because I'm crying to him all the time, like, your mother's a piece of you, yeah. know what? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Like, I can definitely see that I younger. I do it, but now that I'm older, I would probably feel like I have enough dialogue, that I enough of self-confidence that I can confront that woman. But when I was younger, I probably would have caught hell. Like, oh, my yeah. God, your mother's So what would you worst. say to her? What would you say to her? As I'm, as, would you be like Tracy and pull her to the side? Woman, 
yeah. as an older woman, I'm a chin checker. Because first of all, if you're being nasty <laughs> to me, yeah, because first of all, I'm older now. So I live uh, I long enough that I could stay. You know what they say? When you get older, you can say what you want to say. When you get older, you get you earn the right to say what you want to say. So if I'm if you're being nasty to me and I've never done anything to you that would cause you to be that nasty, then I'm coming at you the same way you're coming at me. Point I mean, I as do believe. Older person. Yeah, I believe an eye for an eye. I I definitely I rock the Old Testament. I'm I'm an eye for an eye chick. However, mm-hmm. I don't know if I even at this mature stage in my life would say something directly to her because, you know, Tracy, it might get out of control and then I can't pull back, you know, because it might get to the She may be one yeah. of those kind of chicks that she is going to have the last word. How dare you right. come to her? And next thing you right. know, you're going We're back the and all this volume in your voice. But see, this is my question. As If you're older, right, you're an older woman, that mm-hmm. makes her older than you, and as so that means older, you can really chin check her. Not only that, but as an older doll, this is my thinking. What I'm thinking, like, okay, if I'm 50, his mother's got to be somewhere between 68 to 80, 68 and plus, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What is it about me that your old behind doesn't like? After all of these years, I mean, I'm just saying, seriously, if it's a new relationship, are you not liking me because you like the other person that he was previously dealing with? Or are you not liking me because I said something about, you know, that would cause you not to like me? Like, seriously, if you're 68 plus, what are you coming at me with this high school nonsense for? You don't, you just don't like me. What? Because of what? Because of the way it I sounds like the three of us will be wind up rolling on the floor or whoever. This yeah, is. <laughs> but it, it but could you be you know not literally. She not could literally. still be very immature. She could still be very yeah. immature at sixty-eight. She could still be, you know, saying to herself, "You know what? I just wish he was still with that girl he dated twenty years ago." Or she could just be, you know, mean to everybody and just real insecure. Her son may be her only companion, and if he ever gets hooked up with somebody, then she doesn't have anybody to be a companion, a companion with, and maybe just you know challenged with being alone. Um, so yeah, I I'm not gonna confront her, but I you know how I would do. I would probably not confront her directly, but she would after a while know, especially if I'm in a long term relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she would know after a while that, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. So you're either going to change your attitude and get with the program, or you're just not going to be in the picture at all. Yeah, so that's, I that's, think, that's how I, 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 I think I think I would have a strategy. I would have a long-term strategy where yeah, it would definitely eventually going to have to get with the program. I would definitely, t- I would confront her. I would confront her, and then if she was still cantankerous and nasty, then I would probably kill her with kindness, and then eventually I would ignore her and pretend mm-hmm. that she doesn't exist. And then I would talk right. to my man and let him know, as this is progressing, what's been happening and why is your mother like that. And if he can't, you know, put her in check, then she would she would just be ignored, and we would spend less and less time. It would eventually be, you know, I'm not going over there with her because I'm not comfortable. Right. 
you know, right. we would well, like you to a long-term plan. I saw that play out in my own family. Like my great-grandmother, my paternal great-grandmother did not like my grandmother. And mm-hmm. by the time I came into the picture, my grandmother, my grandfather had been divorced way before I was even thought of. But as I, when I came into the picture, I was old enough to realize what was going on. My great-grandmother, my grandmother still had a beef to the day their old behinds closed their eyes. I'm like, really? Well, there's some people that just hold on forever. You know, they, there's, there's no forgiveness. There's no letting go. There's none of that. Let's move on to the that next crazy to me. The next sticky sticky situation is um, you're in a relationship and you're dating. Actually, you're not in a relationship. You're dating. You're dating a couple of different people. And you send the wrong text, the wrong steamy text to the wrong person. How do you recover from that? (laughs) I did that. Somebody somebody (laughs) stole my phone. It wasn't you would lie, Terry. Straight out lie. <laughs> it wasn't Somebody me. Somebody stole Shaggy. my phone. It was not It wasn't me. me. Let me tell you what I did. I was sending a steamy message to my husband. Thank God uh-huh. it wasn't that steamy that I could recover, but I ended up sending it to my son. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, actually, I was going to say the same thing, but mine was the reverse. My son was doing a booty call, and he sent it to me by mistake. Oh, my God. And I was like, I, um, I think you meant to send this to somebody else. <laughs> well, when it's, when it's situations like that, it's fine. But let's say you're dating three different guys. And this is, you know, and, and one guy you like a, a lot and you guys have maybe kissed and did, you know, and, and the other guy not so much. You've only been on one date. And so after your kiss, you had some steamy things to say to this one guy and you sent it to the guy that you only had one date with. That's what I'm talking about. How do you, and he confronts are you. you. Using, are you using names? Because the only way this becomes sticky is if you call somebody by the wrong name. Other than that, you could clean it up. Y'all got games? <laughs> Somebody stole my phone. I'm sticking to that. <laughs> no, if I, if I don't call you out by name, if I don't call you out by name, I could clean it up. But if I called you by name, now I got to think of my life. Now I might say wow. hey, somebody stole my phone. But then well, that's what would crazy you do, Tracy? How do you, what would you do, Tracy? I probably would not say anything. And would hope that they didn't say anything. And I'll be like, what's that? I don't, I don't text. No, you must, I, I didn't send a text. You so it's lies all around, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you got to lie. You got to be thinking of your lies. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Especially if you were dealing you with multiple about? people. It's just it wasn't lies me. All it was around. multiple people. Moving on. Lies all around. <laughs> <laughs> We got work to do. We said we was perfect, right? <laughs> All right. You are attracted to a friend's ex, and they're attracted to you. Do you move on it, or do you consider him or her off limits? How long has my friend been dating his ex? Um, that's what that's what matters for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Any of your exes, Leslie, Terry, I could not even be sorry. Done. And it depends well, on the friendship. Are a hundred years ago, they you wouldn't even know that. Yeah, but I'm just saying. It depends on the friendship. Okay. It depends on the friendship. I married yeah, my friend. I think you know there's and she this was thing called statute of limitations. So, like, how long ago was it that you all were dating? Like, if he's been your ex, I think you said this like 20 years ago. Then wasn't really, you know. Oh, please, you right? Know, he's not an ex. Somebody. He's just right. So, if it was 20 years ago, um, the statute of limitations is up. So, well, I'm I'm um, married. I married um, my friend's ex, and she said something to me about it. And my response to her was like, are you serious? You were in junior high school when you dated him, okay? We were grown. That does not count. I don't well, know you if have you remember that. people, it does. Yeah. Yeah. This, this I think the is. whole concept of dating an ex, knowing that you used to date my friend, for me, would be off limits. Like, what are we, like, one big happy family? What are we all related now? Like, what is this? No. Yeah, I agree. I think in general it's a taboo. It is taboo, and you really need to Mm -hmm. stay away. But then, again, if it's been 20 years ago, I mean, we all have moved on from anybody we were dating 20 years ago. But you know what? I would be very interested, and maybe we can ask this at another time when we have a male perspective. I would love to know what a man thinks about that. I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that nothing is off limits. They're going to be like, yo, dude, are you okay with that? Because I think I had this conversation. I had this conversation, and he was like, I would check with him. If he was cool, I was cool. I, I don't know, but let's see. We'll find out. We'll, we'll revisit this. And you think Something a man would be okay with that? I, yeah, if I kind of agree. A, I think they're okay. If, if it hasn't okay been like it. recent. Yeah. If it hasn't been recent, I think they're okay with it. And his, but he will check with his homeboy if that's you know somebody he's really tight mm-hmm. with. He'll check with him first. Mm-hmm. And if his man is like, "Ah, man, it's you," then you know they're like, "All right, one big happy family." That's. I think <laughs> for me, it's still the um, we're friends. You, even if you dated him fifty years ago, depending on our friendship, like. The two of us, like anybody that you've all dated in the past, for me, that's off limits because we're friends. We still communi- We still continue to communicate. What level of friend are we? If we're just friends in passing and we just happen to know each other from a past life, oh, yeah, I'm dating him. But if we're friends right. and we talk every day and we have a, a friendship, he's off limits. Okay. All right, the next sticky situation is sort of like the first one, but we're going to have some specific um, issues. So you're dating this guy or girl, and you find out after you've been dating for a while that on occasion he or she tends to have a body odor or you notice now when she's or he's laughing hysterically, the molars are all rotten or, you know, they wear clogs to barbecue picnics, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not part of the dress code. Are these things deal breakers, or is this something you can you can work with? And let's just say they're things you can work with. All of these situations that I just mentioned, they're things that you can work with. How do you address them to your partner so that your preferences, you know, 
can be checked, you know, so that they can go to the dentist and get their teeth fixed without hurting their feelings, you know? How, how do you address this? I, I think what you're saying is kind of conflicting because if you're saying it's something that I can deal with, then I'm not trying to change it. I'm, I, I, I dealt with it. Not necessarily. It's just no, something that you know is an easy fix. It's something that right. probably just, can be fixed. If right. they are willing to fix it, then I, I think I can move forward with this relationship. Like, if you are willing to not wear those daggone red pants ever again, <laughs> then... <laughs> I think we can move on in this relationship. But if you try to come to another event wearing those red pants that are, like, whacked, they're just whacked, you should never wear them again, I don't know, then there's something that we're not going to be able to move forward with. Call me shallow. You could call me shallow right off the break right now. Just say it. Get it out there. I'm not messing with you. If you got buck teeth or body odor, I'm going to notice that right away. That was no, always. But in the beginning, they were on their best behavior. In the beginning, I, they were on their I, best I, behavior. It's ten weeks I, in. It's no, ten weeks in. Just by no, chance, you walked by. No, you had a little hint of a little body no. odor. But y'all, y'all were the ones that a couple of weeks ago or last week we were talking about signs and things of that nature, and you would know right away. And this, that, and that. I know right away when you smell. I know right away that your teeth. That's a deal breaker for me. Your teeth. You, you know me. That's always been a deal no, breaker for Leslie, me. I'm saying this. I'm, I'm saying that they don't smell on a regular. What if it's something that's an easy fix? What if it's something that's an easy fix? Like you got, you just if go to the dentist and put a cap, cap on your tooth. When I met that person, they had all their teeth in intact because that's who I'm attracted to. So if you broke a tooth, if you're missing a tooth, that's an easy fix. But if you came to the table with them rotten teeth and that yucky mouth, that was something I was never attracted to to begin with. Well, maybe he that's never opened me. his mouth that wide and you never no, see what you give inspection. No, 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 no. Okay, what if he if he doesn't dress the way you think is appropriate for um, your style? Like you have I'm a certain dressing, style. I'm, I, no, I know that from the beginning. When I'm dating you, that's part of the things that I'm attracted to. I'm attracted mm-hmm. to the way you dress. I'm attracted to the way you look. I'm attracted to the way you smile. I'm attracted to the way you carry your personality. That's what brings me in from the beginning. So if you're slipping and it's just one day you have that whack outfit on, then we can talk about that one whack outfit. But if you got a whole mm-hmm. closet full of whack outfits, I was never attracted to that. Right. Well, there are some women. There are some women that you know, and I've had girlfriends mention it, where you know they like the guy all around except for, you know, he, he dresses maybe a little nerdy. Well, he doesn't know how to dress at all. He dresses grungy all the time, and every time we go out on a date, like, he doesn't even have a nice, you know, clean, crisp, you know, rocking outfit to rock on a date. He always looks like mm-hmm. he's, you know, grungy. So for them, they're like, I like everything else about him. If I could just get his wardrobe together or if I could mm-hmm. just, you know, get that, you know, there's something off if I could just get that right. 
But that's the deal breaker that people, if you chose to ignore that in the beginning, and what if clothes and fashion isn't his thing and that's not something that he's even concerned right. with? How do you right. change that? That's not well, you know, I said, well, maybe you need to buy him, you know, buy him clothes. Every time you have a gift opportunity with him, maybe you just eventually, you know, Then he's going to feel like your son, Terry. He's going to feel like that's your son and you're dressing him up for show. You, you kind of want true. somebody to be able to that's dress true. themselves and pull it together. Yeah. I, I, I told I, I you. My aunt and uncle, who are in their mid-70s, came to my house. And they look like a fly couple in their mid-70s. And I know that had nothing to do uncle. He was rocking a pair of leather pants, and he looked good. That was all my aunt that put that together. But that's what she always did. She had mm-hmm. a certain persona, a certain look. She has the look that she wants to present to the world. And if her man's going to be walking by her side, he's going to look the equal. She does that. So she knows mm-hmm. she has to do that for him. If, right. if that's not his thing and he's not okay with it or he just is okay with dressing whack, you better know who you're dating. I'm not, I'm not think, with somebody who likes to dress whack. He yeah, and I think it is a choice. Some men are okay with you dressing them and some women like to dress their man. And then there are some well, I don't women that are like, no, I, can, I don't want to dress my man. Him. He needs to have his own sense of style. And if he doesn't have his own sense of style, then that's just not the person for me. I think you you find both. You find some women that are okay with it, and the man is okay with it. Like, he likes the fact that his wife picked out, you know, the latest for him. But what about no, that man that likes his man. woman to look a certain way? Like, a man has a preference. He could be with you and you're conservative and button up to your neck, and he likes to look at the chick that's got cleavage. Are you going to go buy an outfit with cleavage? Sometimes. You no, know, I think, I think it depends I on the woman. Some women are capable, and they can switch it up like that and be like, oh, okay, if that's what he likes, I'm going to switch it up for him. Other women, they, they're, not a, they're not able to, you know, get out of their conservative oh, mindset, and they can't make the switch. Oh, I'm switching. I'm all over the place. I am everywhere. Like, what? He's looking at that? Okay, let me. I of have course. an outfit. I brought these all pants the with my pants. butt sticking out. <laughs> what? I what brought these say? pants and my I brought these pants and my butt sticking out. And if, if he likes them he within the, the intimacy of your home? Some things I'm wearing out in public. I'm going to get his okay and see if he likes it, and I'm going to push the envelope depending on where we're going. I'm not going right. to church dressed like that. I'm not going to work dressed like that. But if we go into the club, oh, some things are just definitely on the table, and I'm wearing that. Yeah, I don't mind playing around with clothes. I don't want somebody dressing me, though. I don't want to come home and you put my clothes on the bed, and that's what I'm wearing. I'd like to be able to make those decisions, and I don't want to dress you either. Sometimes I have a hard enough time choosing what you see me get dressed, Leslie. You know how difficult I have. It takes a long Ooh, time for me to decide, <laughs> to decide on an outfit. So, you know, I don't know. So far I've been lucky. I've liked the way everybody dresses that I've dated. And those people that I didn't like the way they dress, after the first date or two, it's been like, mm, no, I'm never going to see him again. He had on capris, okay? His right. shorts are like capris. I can't deal with that. 
I don't want to have to shallow argue. I think it comes down to sometimes you do start making concessions. It's like, you know, that was on your checklist, let's say, a man that had a sense of style, um, along with 50 other things on your checklist, and then you start making concessions, and you're like, oh, okay, this one is not that important. Maybe I can As you evolve, As you evolve, I think your concessions change because some things Mm -hmm. that used to be important when I was 29 – are no longer important, or do I remember them now that I'm 52? Right. You know, some right. things, it's right. just not important to me anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, they, it's they, important they to me. It's important to me. I am not dating the person that has a yuck mouth. If you had a yuck mouth when I said hello to you, you will have a yuck mouth all the way through. You know your mouth is yucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I it. think there's definitely some things that are... Deal breakers, yeah. I agree with that. That's a deal breaker for me. You might have this, the best personality in the world, and you probably are the sweetest person in the world. You didn't check your mouth 20 years ago. You know what the problem is. You know. And some people can overlook that. I, that's, that that's not somebody I would date. That's not somebody I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. Teeth are very important to me. You know what I say. It's not optional. It's not optional. Yeah, I think it's overall overall hygiene. You know, they have to have the same sense of hygiene, if not better, than what you have. And if they don't, if they're not taking care of basic hygiene, that is definitely a deal breaker. You can get a full Let's let's move on because this last one is a a steamy one. Let's move on to this last one, okay? Okay, we got four minutes. We got six minutes. All right, so let's just pull it out and just try to do it, all right? Um. You're married in a committed relationship, and the loving is not good. It's just not good. How do you address that, and can you address it? You know, how do you do that in a loving way so that you don't hurt anybody's feelings? Well, that can just be changed in a matter of seconds. I think guys are always, especially if you all are married, they're always ready to have their bones jumped, for lack of a better word. So. You just got to, as the woman in the situation, take the first step and the guys will help you once they get, you know, aroused Let's and ready to go. Let's say it's the guy. Let's say it's the guy who's just not doing what you need done. And it's horrible. How do you tell your man, yo, baby, you suck in bed? How I think it's that? just telling him. I think they don't have have any issues with you expressing, okay, this is what I would like. You think so? Do you think the same thing? You don't think that that's going to be like an ego trip? I think that for women, that whole sex connection has a lot more to do with just the physical act. So if she's not happy, she's not happy in so many other areas besides sex. So it doesn't matter what you say to him about the performance, if it's something else that's driving her not to be happy, that's where the issue is. It's not the performance. The issue has something, it's way deeper than okay, so, just so you're, intercourse. So let me, let, let me give you another scenario, Leslie. Everything else in your life is fabulous. He squeezes the toothpaste tube right. He puts the seat down. He cleans. He cooks. He helps you with the kids. He goes to work. He makes the money. He does everything well. His mouth is beautiful. He's handsome. He's tall. He's bald. He's fabulous. 
But when you all get ready to do the do, he's horrible. Something else is wrong. Something else is wrong. No, no, no. I'm telling you, everything else is fabulous. He just sucks at this. This is something that he just can't do right. He's out of rhythm. He sucked at that 20 years ago. He sucked at it when we first met. If, if but you're not twenty. You're now. not twenty years in. You're not twenty years in. You know, you've been putting up with it for maybe a couple of years, two years or so. You've been putting it up with, and it's just See, gotten to a point. Where two years ago, right? So now, how do you tell him? How do you say, baby? You know what? What you do is not good for me, and it. And you haven't told him. You know, do you tell him straight away the first time you all get busy, or do you hold on and and wait for a better time? You how need to you address that it? the first time. You need to uh, because obviously. If everything is what you're saying is everything is according to what you're saying and everything is great in all yeah. other aspects of life and everything mm-hmm. is great, then he sucked the first time he did it and you didn't address it then and now all of a sudden you want to change it. That's not realistic. Well, how do you, you address, address it address even the it? first time, Leslie? How do you address the it the very first, first time? Yeah. yeah. The first time in the middle of whatever it is, if he is – if we're in the wrong position, if he's touching me, if he does something real nasty, like put his nasty tongue in my ear, stop that. That's not attractive to me the first time you did. I didn't like it. You got to do it in the okay, middle so of the you're, 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 you're saying it. what I'm saying. You're saying what I'm saying, which is just express yourself, let him know what you like right. and what you don't like. Yeah. Right, but the scenario that Tracy brought up is two years in. Two years in, he was doing it two years before. There's no other complications other than the lovemaking and the performance. He was doing it when you first met him and you didn't say something then. It's just making so, you upset now two years in. So it's just be straight up. That's it. That's what you both say. Be yeah, straight I, up. I, I not say, baby, that's not good up. for me. I don't like it. If you're not don't. hitting my spot or if you are not touching me in a way that gets me moist or whatever the case may be, then that, you know that in the beginning, and you're probably not sexually attracted to that person in the beginning. So if you don't say something in the beginning, how are you going to say something two years out? You've been dealing with it. Some people don't know what to say. Some people don't know if they should be direct. But I think the moral of the story, I think we all agree, is, He's going to be receptive because as long as he knows at the end of the day that he's still going to get it, he really is going to be open. He wants to hear, you know, what you like, what you don't like, because at the end of the day, he knows he's still going to get it. Then he's, oh, yeah, tell me anything. I'm open because, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I want to do this. Yeah, so tell me what, what you want so we can get to it. So I think some people just need to know. I don't know if I understand because in a relationship, if you're really building a relationship with someone, are you telling me that this, whoever you're in a relationship with, if they're now doing something two years into the relationship that annoy you or things that you just can't appreciate, you mean to tell me you were settling from the beginning? There you ever heard that women take it? Leslie, have you ever heard? That women yeah. fake it? You never heard? There yeah, are a lot of women that fake it. But yeah, there's people that fake it, and there's that, well, that's that's that ebb and flow. But that's that ebb and flow in a relationship. 
that faking it is because that that particular lovemaking session you're just not into it for whatever reason. That particular yeah, but I don't time. think I don't but think one on a regular make. basis. If it's on a regular basis, then either you settled in the beginning for something that this person was giving you, and you just weren't willing to address it. Or if it's years down the line and something has changed, then something in a relationship changed. That, I'm not talking about that I one I think there's women, it. There's women out there that don't know how to say it. You know, me, I know what I'm here for when it comes to that. So if it's not good, I'm going to let you know straight up. It's not good and we should try something else. Or I'm going to maneuver in a way so that it works for me. But there are people out there that they don't even know how to address those things. They don't even know what to do. You know, and, and, and they fake it for all intents and purposes from the beginning until they get so fed up and now they don't know what to say because I've heard that too. So, um, honestly. If you're not knocking my boots and hitting every <laughs> spot initially when we first met, then there is no attraction and there's no reason for us to continue this relationship. In the beginning, that's where it's all hot and steamy and passionate and y'all can't keep your hands off of each other in the beginning. It's when life takes over that things change. When life takes over and the bills start coming and the kids start coming and 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 and, and real life situations come into play, that's when sex starts to change. But initially, we need to be tearing each other's clothes off at moments' notice whenever we look at each other in the eye. If I'm not getting that.